This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, I love y'all so much and I hope that today's message encourages you. Be sure and like and subscribe if you are tuning in on YouTube. Comment down below what you learned in today's message and what other topics you'd like to hear talked about moving forward. And if you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review. We love reading your reviews and it actually helps us as we prepare for messages to come. And make sure to turn on your push notifications so that you can know whenever episodes come out as we have new episodes every single Wednesday. Guys, I love y'all and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey yo, incredible people. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel and I am over the moon, flat out giddy that you have chosen to join me on the Have You Heard podcast today where we are having communication pathologist and neuroscientist Dr. Caroline Leaf. I'm fangirling. If you all don't know who Dr. Caroline Leaf is, then today is a fantastic day of your life because now you know who she is. And we're talking about her new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, which consists of proven scientific steps to reduce anxiety, toxic thinking, and stress, which we can all benefit from. God's word tells us to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to his word. God's word tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And Dr. Caroline Leaf tells us how scientifically that's actually possible. So I am pumped. Dr. Caroline Leaf really helps us grasp an idea of what happens in our mind, our brain, and our body whenever we have healthy thought patterns and toxic thought patterns. She does this through visuals. So if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you may want to come back and watch it on YouTube so that you can see these visuals that may help you grasp what she's teaching us today. So I am pumped. Friends, faith comes by hearing. So grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Dr. Caroline Leaf, I'm so, so grateful that you're on the podcast with me today. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. It's lovely to be with you. Thank you. Yes, I feel like I could talk. I could listen to you talk all day. I bet you get that a lot. But hearing you talk <laughs> is so soothing. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, people do seem to seem to like me talking. So that's very good because I'm good at talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. I want, Haram, for those of you who are watching, you can see this book. You'll need to get it. Cleaning up your mental mess. I want to know just why it is that you wrote this book. What led to you writing this book? What was the journey in saying this needs to be put on a page? Well, I've been writing about this topic for nearly 38 years. And I've been in the field for nearly 38 years. And I've written, I think this is number, book number 19. And every book is a is a one progress of on, you know, one lot of knowledge on another and yeah. uh, this book was for me a really timely book because it was it was being written before COVID and they literally finished during the period of 
when wow. we first had lockdown. But when I was right, planning the book and everything, it was basically an accumulation of all my years of research and I do, I do clinical trials. And so I've t- I'm always trying to improve what I have learned in my research and to make it as simple and as accessible as I can for people to help them with their mental health. So it was very interesting that I actually finished it off during that first part of lockdown and it was released during, you know, it, it's it, well, it just a few months into lockdown, in, into the pandemic. So that's very significant. Um, mental health and mind management is something that we all need. We all have a mind. Our mind works 24-7 and our mind controls our brain and our body. And to understand the relationship between the mind, brain and body is to really understand what it means to be alive because it's our aliveness that enables us to be able to experience life. And so that's what I study. What does it mean to be alive and to experience life? And what, so that's all mind and how does mind change brain and how does mind change body? So this book is really trying to help that make that very accessible for people. There is science in it, as you have seen, and there's practical stuff from my clinical application. But the science is important because science is knowledge, it's facts, it gives us the understanding of what we're doing. So that's so that I think that it was very driven just to help put mind management into tools into people's hands, make it very accessible and and help people feel that they can have the hope to manage their mental health. I love that. Well, I want to encourage you that you have personally impacted me in my journey just of living and you have equipped me in practical ways and just in my walk with the Lord as to how I can take thoughts captive and make them obedient and walk in freedom to toxic thought patterns that have kept held me captive for so long. Like the Lord has used you in my life to help me discover that. And I just think something that I love about your book is the first half is like you were saying, it's the scientific aspect of how our mind is not our brain. Our brain is on our mind, but they work together. And you talk about the body and how it's directly impacted by the mind. And I love too, how you say that we can go X amount of time without eating X amount of time without, without drinking water, but we like literally can't go three seconds without thinking. And something I was so encouraged that you said was that if we're going to be thinking for the rest of our lives, we might as well invest the energy into learning how to do it well. Um, But all that to say, if you can't tell, I really love your book. Um, That's so lovely. I love how you've explained these things. I'm listening to you and thinking, oh, wow, you really got this. This is fantastic. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite reads. So, Oh, wow. Thank you. You're so welcome. I So I want to hear a little bit about the scientific aspect that you go into in your book, because for me personally, that helped me so much um, because I know in our generation, we love instant gratification. We love for things to happen immediately. We love to see change the moment we start something. And just like with working out, if we start running or we start weightlifting or we start eating well, like we want to look like we've been doing it for a year when we've been exactly. doing it for a day. And exactly. I know it can feel that way in our, in our mind as well. Yeah. Like we want to be set free from thinking this way, or we want to like be set free from people pleasing, or I'm constantly living in regret and I don't know how to get out of it. And we think, man, I dealt with this yesterday. I shouldn't have to deal with it anymore. What encouragement do you have to the person listening who maybe like being get beginning frustrated because they can are they are continuing to implement 
the tools and put in the practice of taking thoughts captive, but they're not seeing an instant change um, and tell them a little bit about the science behind what's happening in their non-conscious, their subconscious and their conscious mind that they may not be physically seeing yet, but it actually is working as they stick out with the process. Absolutely. I feel like that was a long, long question. So if I just clarify <laughs> that. Fine. No, you, that was really good. So you, you know, you've given a good little sort of intro summary there, which is fantastic. So basically um, the mind and the brain are not the same thing. So I've got some models here and here's for those of you that are listening, I'm holding up a brain in a skull. It's not real. It's obviously a model. And when we talk about mind and the current narrative, people always think it's the brain. And that's, that's been the languaging of the last 40 years, 40 to 50 years, where before that we spoke about mind and brain as being separate. But for the last 40 years, there's been the blending of the two. So that when people talk about mind, they're thinking of brain. Meanwhile, they're two different things. And when you think of brain, we think the brain's running everything, but the brain has, runs a lot, but the body has also got intelligence. So we actually are structured to, to store our every experience that we have inside the brain and the body and the mind and the mind is how you actually build the experience so the science is that that we have a mind a brain and a body three separate things that and they work together but they're totally separate so your mind i use collectively for the word spirit and soul and if you go back into the ancient text scientifically philosophically and spiritually you'll see that mind and brain mind and body the mind and the physical were always separate and that the mind is this spirit soul combination so it's very accurate scientifically and on a spiritual and philosophical level to talk about mind. So mind is the driving force. A dead person hasn't got any action happening in the brain and the body because the mind is now not in the brain and the body anymore. So the brain and the body mm. shows up, the, sorry, the mind, sorry, shows up in the brain and the body. So the mind literally embodies, is embodied inside the brain and the body. And I know that's hard to understand, but think of it like this. Think of if I had a dead person sitting next to me, they wouldn't be doing anything. They just, they would just be a body disintegrating. But we are here in this conversation. And right now, if I had to put on all the different technology that I use for my research, like QEGs and, and so on, we would see a lot of activity happening in your brain, but there would be nothing happening in the dead person's brain. What is the difference? That, so that activity that you're seeing is mind. Mind is a driving force. It's an energetic force. It's a gravitational field, electromagnetic light forces. It's energy that is giving life to the actual physical brain and the body. So the mind is, is, is on a psychological level. This force is our ability to think and to feel and to choose. And it's a creative force because as we think and feel and choose in response to the experiences of life, we basically take the experiences of life, we think, feel, and choose and push that into the brain. And into, I've got a brain and a body here. We push that into the brain. brain and a body here. <laughs> the model of the brain and the body. So it gets pushed into the brain and the body by the mind. So the mind is doing the work. It's grabbing the experience, which at the moment is our discussion. So our experience that we're having now is this discussion. Your mind is grabbing this and when I say grabbing it, you're having, I'm speaking, sending out sound waves and the visuals are sending out electromagnetic light waves, there's electromagnetic forces, there's gravitational fields. All of that is the, this experience. Your mind takes that in and then psychologically, we're thinking, feeling and choosing. So while we're thinking, feeling and choosing, there's all this gravitational fields and electromagnetic fields being pushed into the brain. So can you imagine that there's, there's the experience mm -hmm. and the mind takes it in as this energy force into the brain, 
and the body. And then this whole relationship exists. As soon as this mind energy hits the brain and the body, then there's this relationship and the brain and body respond on an electromagnetic and a neurochemical and a biological level. And everything that we are hearing now is being built into the brain and the body into the brain as trees. So I've got these little trees over here, like little thought trees made of proteins, into every cell of the, the rest of the brain and the body as changes inside what we call the cytoskeleton of the cell and in the DNA, which you've all heard of. And then also all around us, you're building like little patterns of this information in your gravitational fields that are moving through the brain and the body. So that's three places. And I know this sounds complicated, but it makes sense if you think of, let's say you had a trauma and you get triggered. So let's say that you were abused as a child and then you've haven't dealt with this this situation and you're going to adulthood and you're in a relationship and the relationship that you that you're beginning triggers this uh, physical contact in the relationship triggers the physical memory that was toxic and that you experienced as child as a child you feel that not just in your it's not just facts but you feel that in your entire body and brain and mm. mind so it's a holistic experience your whole body responds you're going to panic attack your body freezes up your mind freezes up your hands get sweaty there's a complete and utter de- there's detail, there's emotions, there's physical responses. And that's because that experience from childhood, instead of being a healthy thought, it's a toxic thought. So now I'm holding, holding up a, a wiry looking tree. So that thought, that experience is a toxic experience looks like the tree in the brain in every cell of the body it's also stored doesn't look like a tree but it looks like a change it's vibrations inside the cell and changes in the gene code and then it's a vibration in the gravitational field but this is toxic so Mm. therefore the entire body has experienced it so when we recall that when we triggered we recall the whole thing through our mind brain and body and that's the basic sort of that's one of the first basic principles to understand and that's and, and until we deal with this this is there it's physically in the experience it's physically in the brain mind and body and until we deal with that issue it doesn't go away but these are volcanic in nature they're not meant to these damage the brain and the body if they're there over beyond what they should be there for so we we can accommodate for them being there for a little while but we have to deal with that messiness and if we don't deal with that messiness Mm -hmm. it has a, a negative effect on the brain mind and body and the brain mind and body will get damaged and then that affects your health and it affects your mental health, which then plays out in relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So when we yeah. talk about the concept of bringing all thoughts into captivity, we are bringing these things that are in the brain, these trees in the brain, these reactions in the, 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 the changes in the cell and the changes in the mind. We're bringing all that mind, brain, body stuff into captivity. And then we have to deconstruct that and reconstruct it. You can't change what's Mm. happened to you. You can't change the abuse, the trauma, whatever the trauma was, but you can change how it plays out inside of you. Because if this stays, yeah, if this stays, then not only is the brain and body becoming more vulnerable to disease and weaker, and not only are we being more mentally challenged and increasing levels of signals like depression and so on, which aren't illnesses, they're just warning signals, but they affect your life. They can overtake your life if you don't manage them. And not so not only are we feeling all these emotions and battling with life and our body's getting sick, but we are actually sure we we putting ourselves at risk to get more diseases in our body and to even get worse. So we have to change them. And so these need to be changed into the healthy version. So capturing a thought doesn't mean just capturing it. It means capturing it and then reconceptualizing it because it's happened. It's not going to change, but you need to 
take this version out and build it into something that, okay, that happened to me. It was terrible, but this is how I want my life to play out in the future. What happened mm. was wrong. It's not the truth. This is the truth. So it's a conversion process that happens. It's a reconceptualizing, a reframing, but it requires a complete neural rewiring, brain rewiring, body genetic down to genetic changes and changes through the gravitational fields. And that goes to the other part of your question, which people say, well, I did it today, but now, you know, yesterday I was fine. Why am I doing this again today? Or why am I thinking these thoughts? Or why am I having this problem again in a relationship? Or when we find ourselves repeating patterns? Well, if we haven't taken the time to capture this and reconceptualize it into this, which takes time, and we can talk about that time, then this is what's still dominating. There's a chasm between what I know I can am capable of and what I'm actually living, how I'm seeing myself or how I'm living out my life. And until that chasm is, is closed, you're going to feel stuck and frustrated. And that's going to play out in your behaviors, your emotions, you know, your body, everywhere, because everything's affected. So that, that's kind of the basic sort of principle. And I don't know if you'd like to dive in and unpack any of that or we can go into so much science I don't know what if you'd like to I can take it deeper into a little bit more science and a little bit more detail where would you like to go from here oh I love you <laughs> you all seriously need to go and read cleaning up your mental mess because she just gave like what she said some foundational information and she goes into it a lot deeper in her book and something that you did say that I want to touch on and expound on a little bit is that simply taking a thought captive, whether that is um, just an intrusive thought or it is a thought pattern that has just it just brings fear and it brings anxiety and it causes us to ruminate just thinking on it over and over again and like I've listened to some of your podcasts on regret and I related to them so much because I can be so hard on myself in the sense of past things that I should have done this better. I could have done this better. So whatever capacity of thought like that we have, and we're taking it captive in your book, you talk about how the awareness of it in and of itself can actually increase anxiety because nothing is being done with the thought you're taking captive or the thought pattern you're being made aware of. Like I'm aware I'm living to please people all the time, or I'm aware that I'm constantly living in regret, or I'm aware that these intrusive thoughts are just weighing down my heart. But when I'm just aware of it, and I don't know what to do with it, it's only going to increase more anxiety. And I love in your book, how you talk about what do I do with that awareness? And you were just talking about how, yes, we have this negative, toxic thought within our, within our, our mind. And, and you said, it's like a tree. How do we practically go from that toxic thought being aware of it to actually reconceptualizing it and making it something healthy, making it work for us, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind? Like, what does that practically look like? Look like. So I developed a system called the NeuroCycle over 38 years of, of developing theories and working with patients and, and all different kinds of patients. So people with traumas, with learning disabilities, with head injuries, with, and then just general. I mean, there is, if you, we've, being alive and being a human, we're dealing with adversity 
all mm-hmm. the time, different levels of adversity, not just not bad every single day, but there'll be periods in our life which really bad. And then, I mean, the, the pandemic is an example of a global, very challenging situation and the isolation, all the things that have gone on with that. Uh, but these things from our childhood, these things from our adolescence, these things from our early adulthood, there's always going to be different levels of trauma that we experience. So in other words, life is filled with experiences and every single one of those experiences, good, bad and ugly, get built into our brain, body and mind, three places, as I was saying. So in order to to understand how to reconceptualize, we need to realize that that means that we have, we need to understand what mind is and we need to understand what a thought is. So if I can just sort of go back to the science a little bit to understand that, because that's that'll make it make more sense. So this experience now that we just discussed is becoming a thought. So what's actually happening is a thought looks like it's a physical thing inside your brain, mind, and body. Okay, so the mind is this force. The brain, we know what the brain looks like and we know what the body looks like. So in the brain, this thought, this we are building a thought of this information. So as I'm speaking, my words are coming at you and you are taking those words into your gravitational fields and your thinking, feeling, choosing part of your mind is making sense of them and putting them in your brain. Your brain is then responding electromagnetically, chemically, genetically and making little proteins. And those proteins are grouping together and building basically roots. So if you look at this tree, and I've got a tree in a pot for those that are listening, when you plant a tree, you first put the seed in the ground, then the roots grow, then the then you get a little sprout above the ground, and then all the branches grow. That's exactly what's happening now, but it happens really fast. So as as you introduced the podcast, that was the seed. As you started, as we started conversing, everything that I'm saying in your questions are going in the root section. So this is the source, the source of of this conversation are my words and your questions to me. So that's the root system. The source, let's say, of this toxic tree over here, let's say this was a sexual abuse, the source is the root system, the origin mm-hmm. story, the cause. Let's say that um, that you are bullied at school, that would be the source. Let's say that you bullied at a marriage, that's the source. Let's say that, you, um, that you've had a terrible time at work, that's the source. Let's say that you've had loss of loved ones, that's the source. So every, every adverse circumstance has a source. That source gets built into the root system of this thought tree in the brain. And the details in the root system are the memories. So a thought tree, it's a tree, is made of lots of memories. Root memories, which are the source, and Mm -hmm. then the branches, which are above the ground, are how you interpret that. So everyone's branches, everyone's hearing the same stuff. So their roots pretty much look the same, but everyone's branches are different because each of you is thinking, feeling, and choosing about what's coming in, in your own unique way. So this is your unique interpretation of this information. Now, this is healthy. This is toxic. So this is a distorted um, abuse or trauma, war trauma, or um, what all the different things that can happen to us being you know, being teased, being abused, bullied by friends or whatever. Um, and then that's, we then process that, that's up the tree trunk, but that's distorted, the origin. They, therefore, the processing is distorted. And then these branches above ground are distorted. So the interpretation of yourself based on the source is also distorted. And this is why so many people mm. who've had sexual abuse, they think they're not worthy of a relationship, that they use this, that they deserve that. It's all distorted because the whole thing is distorted. And this is all made of proteins that are misfolded and of um, uh, electromagnetic and chemical reactions that are all wrong, all imbalanced versus this one, which is all healthy. And so this now 
creates a reaction inside the brain and the body in the same way that something like the COVID virus does. So COVID virus, we know is a protein, we know it's real, we know it enters into the nose and it likes sitting on the on the olfactory bulb behind the nose and it likes to make us sick and all that kind of, that's real. Thoughts are as real as the COVID virus. So think of a thought tree made of memories. Thoughts and memories are not the same thing. The thought is the whole big tree and it's made of root memories and it's made of of interpretation memories. And these memories wow. are all the data, what happened, all the detail of what happened and the emotions. And then this is the, all the detail of how you've interpreted. And so all the thinking, feeling and choosing, all the data, the experience, everything about that situation, this part's the interpretation, this part's the actual source. So this then this is in the brain, in the body, this whole information system that's in this thought tree with all of its memories, the thought with its memories are built into every single one of your cells. And we have 37 to 100 That's cells. Insane. It is insane. So this is why I mean, even the blood flowing through your body is, is cells and it's carrying these memories. Even the immune system, even your in your heart tissue, your gut has got the memory of everything you've ever gone through. So it's not just in your brain, it's in your entire body, which is why our body stores memories as well. So that's why when we recall something, we feel it in our body too. So we've got to address the brain and the body. And then it's in the gravitational fields of our mind. So it's all those thoughts that are coming through. So when you spoke about intrusive thoughts and mm -hmm. the regrets and all those things, that these are these things. So this thoughts are these experience experiences. Now, overarching the detail of whatever you did. So let's say you regret whatever, X, you, you regret saying something or doing something or whatever. That's this tree. So that something happened. That's your interpretation. It's toxic. And you don't like what that is. And you and regret is looking at this and thinking, why did I do that? I wish I didn't do that. And then harping on the fact and tormenting yourself about if only I did it this way, or I could have done it that way, I should have done it. So what's happened here is that our mind, our conscious mind is looking at the thought that we built, which from the experience that we had and the mindset. So we have another thought um, that is in our brain, mind and body. That is one of if only could have, should have, would have regret, whatever. So there's a network. And so it's, it's, a, it's an, another, another, another thought that is now drag this into its net. So the inside, imagine a big, imagine a whole lot of these trees and imagine mm -hmm. a huge big net over these trees. We call that a glial net in the brain. And that is um, that glial net. So it's like a big spider web or a big net or something over these is one of regret. And it's looking at these with regret. So every experience you have is going to go under some kind of net. It'll either be a people pleasing net or it will be a regret net or it will be whatever. And so when you look back at this, you stuck tied up in this regret mm. you you view this through the regret net and you're looking at the details and you're kind of stuck uh, or whatever so does that does that kind of make sense yes okay does. so now that then becomes something that is intrusive and if you don't pay if it comes up and we and we get sucked sucked into the regret so we think more if only's could have should have would have we then give it more energy because every time we bring it into our conscious mind and we re-look at it and rehash it we make it stronger and so then you're giving more power so that that intrusive thought doesn't just happen now and then, it's happening a lot. And coming along with any kind of toxic pattern like this is an inner critic. So part of that, that regret net and the intrusive, you know, intrusive thoughts, the big word for, for the detail and the detail is it, is it regret, whatever. Intrusive thoughts can be anything um, that's making you feel bad about yourself. 
But the inner critic is very linked into any kind of toxic intrusive thought. We can have good intrusive thoughts too. We can have thoughts that are that are positive that are going through your mind, not, not necessarily always just toxic. But that um, inner critic comes along with this pattern and it's why. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's why did I do this? I'm so useless. I'm so stupid. So we run our identity into the ground when we get stuck in these as well, which makes us feel worse and worse. And that cycle is what so many people get stuck in. And then it's overwhelming. Mm. So people shove it down just to get temporary reprieve, suppress it, um, go into like almost, it's a trauma response. It's freezing. Think of it, putting it in the, in the deep freeze and freezing it and hoping it won't defrost. But because the huh. deep freeze is so full of these, it, like a defrost falls open and this thing falls out and it starts melting and now it's back in your head again and then the pattern starts again and then these that's not just one we'll have a maybe have a whole lot of those because if that net that regret net has become a mindset so in other words a mindset your mind is set in that kind of toxic net that toxic net won't just stay there it'll start creeping into other thoughts and maybe it will start you know trying to get onto this thought and then another one and another one and so we so we've got to break that cycle. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... and the new year are just around the corner and you can help your loved ones take care of their bodies and achieve their health and wellness goals through gifting them an Everly Well at-home lab test. Everly Well offers affordable at-home lab tests including food sensitivity, metabolism, thyroid, sleep and stress, and more and gives you trusted physician-reviewed results that you can get back easily in just a matter of days. So this holiday, let's give more of what matters with an Everly Well at-home home lab test and for our listeners that have you heard everly well is offering a special 20 percent off of an at-home lab test if you go to everlywell.com slash emma that's everlywell.com slash emma for 20 percent off of your at-home lab test that's everlywell.com slash emma and that's not just that's i've just described the brain it's also inside every cell of your body. So that little cell has got all kinds of things inside of it. And every single cell has now got this particular thought creating a disruption in that little cell. And we can fit, these are these trillions of thoughts that we have since conception, since a certain, not conception, since a certain age in the womb, we start building these memories. And all through our life, we're building them. Most of them are going to be healthy, but we have got these clusters. Some people will have more than others, depending on the level of trauma they've experienced and, and just what their family life is like and what they've been exposed to and personality um, in terms of some people are more highly sensitive so that they'll be more triggered more easily and doesn't make them any worse or better than anyone else. It's the beauty, beauty of their uniqueness. A highly mm. sensitive person is an amazing person. You just need to understand that so that you can channel that. So all of okay. the, so every time that we have something, this is this is all in our brain. So most of the time in our brain, we've got these green forests. In our body, we've got most of the cell body is healthy, but you've got these little little um, little tsunamis in the cells. So imagine a cell being this little you know this ecosystem, and wherever there's a toxic thing, there's this little this little tsunami and a little tsunami. And if there's a lot of tsunamis in each of our cells, we 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 start getting vulnerable. We start getting GI symptoms and 
heart palpitations and weakness, you know, weakness in our immune system and autoimmune disorders and skin rashes and whatever. There's all kinds of things because eventually the body can't take the strain of all these little tsunamis in the cells and all these toxic things in the brain. And then mm. this, these also remember there's a third place and that's in the gravitational fields of the mind. So your mind, so you've got these little bursts of like toxic energy shooting through your body. Now it's not a situation of, okay, I have a toxic thought and I'm going to get cancer the next day. It's accumulated. It builds mm. over time. It's like filling a glass with water. If you eventually you have to stop because the glass is full and we drink the water and then we fill it up again. But sometimes in life, we don't stop to sort these nets, these things out. And then it yeah. just bubbles over and it explodes in all parts of our life or a volcano exploding. There's lots of analogies I'm giving you. So that's the what's happening when we are getting caught in these patterns. And these then when we have these in our brain, mind, and our body, uh, we then going to be kind it, it gets generated in what we say and what we do. So all the mind, brain, and body work together to produce what we're saying and what we're doing. So we show mm. up and that shows up in us getting frustrated or angry or in our relationships at work and, and in how we see ourselves and how we're doing things. And so everything you say and everything you do is coming from these thoughts Obviously, this produces a healthy communication, and this is, this doesn't. And every time we speak and do from this, our body's suffering too. So that's the cycle. So you can break the cycle, and the cycle breaking starts with awareness, as you mm -hmm. mentioned. And awareness, as soon as we see what we see scientifically, is that the minute that we are consciously aware, that this thought has moved from what we call the non-conscious mind, N-O-N, not unconscious. Unconscious is when you have an anesthetic where you get knocked out. It's a brain state. But the mind, the mind has different levels. And the non-conscious, N-O-N, is where all these thoughts are stored in these three different formats. The trees in the brain, the changes in the cell body, and then also in the gravitational field. So all of that, this non-conscious mind has got all these things. These, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And at the core of the non-conscious mind, if you think, think of a huge forest with all these trees, most of them are green, but there's clusters of toxic ones. But in the middle of the forest, there's this beautiful, huge green forest. And that's our wired for love nature. That's our made in God's image nature. That's our wisdom. And that's what mm. we want to tap into. So to break the cycle, we have to tap into our inner core wisdom. And that starts with us learning to become aware of what we are thinking and not just let it zoom through our heads, but actually stop, stand back and observe ourselves and say, okay, I'm going to capture this. What is this? What is this thing that, that is making me feel so uncomfortable? That's disrupting everything. That's what am I doing? And in doing that, as soon as you have that awareness starting, this has moved from the non-conscious. The minute you say, I've got to do something about this. This is affecting me. I can't function like this anymore. Whatever, mm -hmm. however you, whatever's disturbing you, pay attention. The minute you gather awareness and pay attention and focus on it, you bring it into the conscious mind. Once it's in the conscious mind, it becomes weakened. When something's weakened, you are now empowered to control it. In the non-conscious mind, cool. in this form, it controls you. It's a driving force. So what we have to do is we have to capture it and pull it into the conscious mind. And once we're conscious of it, then we can change it. That's what, what it means to capture a thought. It means to stop and focus and bring it up and then think, okay, what is detail? There's, there's loads behind this. There's this pattern, but what is the pattern? The pattern is, okay, well, relationship issues or getting irritable all the time, whatever the pattern is. 
that pattern then is to that's just a sentence, but now where's it coming from? So you have to look at that pattern and say, what are the different signals? What are the emotions attached to this pattern? What am I feeling? What is my body feeling? What are, what are my behaviors? What am I doing? And what, how do I see life if, if this thought is very conscious? What, what kind of, how am I viewing life through this thought? And those are four areas. And when you look at that, that then takes you even deeper. Oh, how, because that, those questions, asking those questions will take you into this part, which is how you think, feel, and choose about yourself. So now you're starting, you're in the tree. Now you actually, the pattern to those signals, those four questions, how you feel, how your body feels, what your behaviors are, and your perspective, that will take you to the thought. But the thought you've got to, you know, the this is under the ground, you've got to actually go down the tree, you've got to actually get to this tree, you've got to spend mm. time tuning in to this tree, not standing underneath it so that it falls on top of you and you feel overwhelmed, but standing back and observing this, being very, very kind to yourself and telling yourself, well, that's not who I am. This pattern with these signals coming from whatever the thought is and whatever the cause is, that's an experience I had. I am showing up this way because of we must That's always good. add because of to the statement. So when we do that, when we add because of to the statement, then we start tuning into our wisdom. We then link into that inner forest and we start hearing and looking at this from that view. So you move into the beautiful middle forest and you start looking at this in the safety of wisdom versus coming at it from the other side where you can't see the wood for the trees, where it seems so confusing. And awareness mm -hmm. takes you to this, this space. Then you have to go beyond awareness and do the work of, okay, now that I'm aware, let's get to the details of the awareness, which then takes you into the interpretation, down the tree trunk to the cause. And once you find that, you've weakened this thing. This thing is going to be upended. Like if you take a weed out of the garden, you want to get it out roots and all. And yeah. it doesn't mean that you're going to forget your story, but it means you have now completely weakened and changed this. This energy from here now goes to this and you start rebuilding a new way. Okay, well, that's what happened. This is why I'm like this. I'm feeling these emotions because of, because of, because of, and you're building a healthy new little tree, but it's tiny. It's, it's And this takes about three weeks to start getting to the basic point where you've got this, this is gone and you've now got this. But this is still not strong enough to change your behavior. And what mm -hmm. most people don't, you said the instant gratification, this, just to get to this point is about three weeks of work. And even then you may only reveal a portion because sometimes complex trauma won't, complex trauma is big. Um, smaller traumas you can probably fix in around about the 63 day cycle, three cycles of 21. But some, some but complex traumas could take up to two years, three years. I've had patients that have taken three years to two, three years to find out all the aspects that have been basically affected by a, a, a bunch of toxic trauma. So, this, if you get to just this point and you stop here, you'll know the reason why you have that pattern. Mm. and why that's showing up you'll know what you want to be but you're not doing it yet so now you feel frustrated and stuck and a lot of this is where a lot of people get stuck they don't you often don't even get to the three-week point so what do you have to do you've got to make this thing stronger this thing has to expand and grow you need to get more insight more perspective so that means so, so the time frame to in other words this whole rewiring of the brain and the changing the, the cells and all that stuff doesn't take one day it doesn't take four doesn't take seven doesn't take 21 it takes cycles of 63 days 
So after day 21, you need to spend another 42 at least, mm. which takes you up to about nine weeks. And in that 42 days, you are each day you do the neurocycle. The first 21 days, you're also doing the neurocycle. We can come back to that in a moment. Let me give you the time frame first. This thing gets more and more and more energy so that eventually by day 42, it's looking like that. So these day 21, these day 42. And now let's add some more. And by day 63, you're looking like that. Oh. So now I've got something that's got energy. So now I'm triggered in a situation that no longer is my old pattern going to come up. I'm going to remember, but here's my new pattern. I can actually form that relationship. I can actually not feel that way anymore about myself. I can, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're working on. And that takes time. And that also tells us when we have this, okay, I need to go do more work because I can see that this is only one area, that particular because of affected other areas. And so you go through that cycle again. What do you do every day? You do the neuro cycle. The neuro cycle is a system that I've developed based on all the stuff I'm telling you, how thoughts grow in your brain, how their energy and all the brain and the responses and the trees and the cells and all the processes involved, this mind, brain, body thing. I wanted to know, okay, what do I do? What, how does the brain build these? And once you build them, how do you deconstruct them? How do I, can I use the same process? So the neurocycle is that. It's 38 years based on a theory, based on clinical application, based on research. And I keep doing more research so that I learn more about this. And that's what I've put into, in my, this clinical mental is the most updated version of my research, which is the book you held up in the beginning. So the neurocycle is this five-step process that is, it starts with awareness um, but the, even before awareness, you need to do brain preparation. And we can maybe talk about that if there's time. But you're basically going to go through these five steps each day. And for the first 21 days, you spend about 7 to 45 minutes. The second 42-day part, which takes you up to day 63, you only spend five minutes a day. That investment of time will transform your life. And when that one's finished, you do another one. And that one's finished because we're always capturing thoughts. There's multiple traumas from our past. and from our present, and there will be more in the future. So it's a system for how you can constantly deal with the traumas. As I said, the little traumas, you can normally get done in about 63 days, but the more complex they are, the more cycles that you need. So that's the basic principle. That was a long answer. So I don't know if you want to ask any specific questions about any of that. Wow. Yo, I... I love this. This is like a bread and butter kind of conversation for me. I, I want to pull out a couple of things that you said that I was just so encouraged by, and I want y'all to remember something that you said is that we cannot control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us and what we, what we do with it. We can control how we respond. And that's, I, I don't know, that's just, that's very practical, but just a little nugget for you guys that like, there are so many things that happen to all of us that we wish didn't, that we wish could, could have happened in a different way. And that's real. But what's so encouraging that you brought up is that that doesn't have to determine the the level at which we live that doesn't have no. to determine the joy at which we experience and the peace that we get to be led by. And I'm just so encouraged by that. And also something that you took note of is that our thoughts directly impact how we think, choose and, and feel. And well, yeah. Or correct me. They, they grow. No, that's correct. You, you think, feel and choose to build a thought 
And then oh. the thought produces your thinking, feeling, and choosing. So it's, it yes. works both ways. So the, it feeds in and it feeds out. So you think, so the mind in action to build mm-hmm. the thought is think, feel, choose. And then once you've built it, it then influences how you think, feel, and choose because this that has its sense. own, because the thinking, feeling, and choosing gets built into here. Then this is then in the brain and body and mind. And that's how we speak. So when I'm speaking now, I am speaking from thinking, feeling, and choosing that I did to learn this information. And then I'm thinking, feeling, and choosing to say it to you. So it goes in and it goes out. So that's why you use the neurocycle is training your thinking, feeling, and choosing to find these, to break them down, deconstruct them, and then reconstruct them. That makes sense. Thank you for that clarity. That because it no made problem. me think of um, different scriptures that, like, when the Lord says to guard your heart above all else, for everything that you do flows from it, and your mouth will speak that which fills your heart. And that as a man thinks, so is he. And it's just so fascinating to me how you have been doing thirty-eight years of research about how the Lord made us how he built our our mind our brain and our body and it's literally proof that that is true um so that was just very encouraging and something else I wanted to hit on is that you talk about the 63 day cycle and by and I just something that came to my heart whenever she was talking about that that I want to encourage you in is stick it out is don't grow weary as you continue to be made aware of thought patterns that aren't beneficial to you. And as you're choosing to replace them with what is true and what is going to lead to peace in your life, like, and you may not be seeing what we were talking about earlier, that instant gratification, um, be encouraged in this, that scientifically there is change happening in your brain and, and there is change happening in your body. So my encouragement to you is just don't, don't grow weary, stick it out. It's a lifelong journey of learning how to think well. Like this incredible human has been doing research on it for 38 years. And yet she is still doing what she's teaching us about every single day. And I think that that's very encouraging. Thank you. Thank you. And what's really important with that statement of you can't change what's happened to you. We can't control events, circumstances, people, life events, AKA COVID, whatever. You don't know what your husband's going to say next. I mean, we don't know. You've got a pretty good estimation. It'll be something constructive, but we don't know anything about anything. So what we do, the only thing we do know is how to respond. So as as the uncertainties of life hit us, we can actually train ourselves to change how we respond. So the neurocycle works in the moment as things are happening. You can also train your mind to go through those stages as things hit you so that you don't build um, this toxic stuff into your brain. So once you understand the neurocycle, you can then become very proactive in how you respond to life. And then at the same time, you can go and work on the patterns because a pattern in your life means that there is an established root. There's an established thought. There's an established trauma with a root. And then you can go through that process. And you're quite right how you said we can't, you, you can't, you can't change it. You, you, your story is sacred. What you went through is sacred. And we need to honor that, but you don't want to live in that. You want to change what that looks. You don't want these in your brain. So you want to use that and learn from that and transform and grow. So t- t- taking, that's not your destiny. The transformation is your destiny. You know, and that's how, but that's going to take cycles of 63 days. So God would never give us instructions that bring all thoughts into captivity because Godness, I'd rather talk about Godness because then we don't try and put God in a box. Godness is all powerful and, and love. It would never give us a philosophy of life that is impossible to carry through. But you've got to, in other words, science is then a how to 
of all these philosophies of life that God provides. Mm -hmm. So we need to draw on science. So if you want to know how to capture thought and how to renew your mind, it's cycles of 63 days. There's an actual science. That's what's in the book. It's how to capture thought and how to renew the mind. It's the how-to. It's the how-to manual of the (laughs) how-to. That's so good. That's so good. I wish we had like another hour of time so I could just talk to you. (laughs) But that just wants wants me... That leads me to tell you that you should go get the book because the and things that an I talked and, and there's, there's an, an, app, an app. Yep, there's an app on you iTunes and Google Play that basically yes. I give you therapy. I literally walk you through the 63 days. So it's so good. And throughout the book, there's testimonies of people who have used the app and people who have walked through the 63 day cycle and they are seeing life transformation. And this just goes to show that like it takes day in, day out work, but it's worth it. Like your your health is so worth it. I think that this is just so encouraging. So um I would love for us to finish off by you telling people where they can go buy your book, how they can stay in touch with you. They need to listen to your podcast because you have one of those two. Let people know how they can stay in touch with you. Absolutely. Well, the podcast is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, which is this, excuse me, the title of my latest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, which is available everywhere where books are sold and on our website. The NeuroCycle app is available on iTunes and Google Play. Um, my Instagram or social media handles are Dr. Caroline Leaf, and I put up posts every day, all these things I teach in little bite-sized chunks. So they can find out, and we have a conference running from the 2nd to the 4th of December. I run it every year, and that's accessible for everyone as well to come and learn firsthand about these things. That's amazing. And seriously, y'all totally want to go check it out because we didn't get into the detail of what those five steps of the neurocycle are, but she goes in depth um, on what those are in her book and on the app. So totally go get those for just the practical application of what this 63-day cycle looks like. And just be encouraged as you leave the podcast today, knowing that it's possible. Like, just to reframe your thought life and to walk in freedom and walk taking, not being like you said in your book, not being held captive by thoughts, but taking those thoughts captive and making them obedient to the word um, is actually possible. It's just, it's not just an encouragement to make you feel good. So take it to heart. And y'all, if you are watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up, subscribe, Comment down below what you learned, if you have read the book and what you've gleaned from it, and also what you'd like to see moving forward. We read your comments and we're thankful for them. And also, if you are listening via Apple or Spotify, be sure and rate, review, download, share it with your people, and know that I love you. Dr. Caroline Leaf loves you. I hope you enjoyed listening to her voice as much as I did. And also, you can follow me on Instagram at 1 Corinthians 13 underscore love, as well as our podcast, the Have You Heard underscore podcast page on Instagram, where you can find quotes and reels and updates on today's episodes, as well as all of the others that come out every single Wednesday. Y'all are incredible and I love you and I cannot wait to talk to y'all next week. Bye guys. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are.
This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.